You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show. I'm your host, Fatima Al Zayed. On this weekly talk show, we invite experts to take us through their journeys as professionals in their fields. Remember, if you have any questions for our panelists, you can always leave them in the live comments and we'll get to them during the show. Or you can also ask on the Emoja app, our Inspire platform, and directly on YouTube. On today's show, we welcome Fatima Al-Mahtaram. Fatima is a Toronto-based graphic designer who has been working in the industry for over six years. She has worked in-house and remotely for various clients and agencies, designing brand identities and online experiences. In 2019, she made the decision to pursue her own path as a full-time freelancer and has been doing it ever since. So if you're one of those full-time freelancers or thinking of getting into this, then you should tune in and listen to today's show. Um, we'd like to welcome in Fatima. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum assalam. Thank you for having me. So it's exciting. our pleasure. <laughs> um, there's so much uh, experience and so much that you're uh, you're going to bring to the table today. Um, so I'm really excited to hear everything about working from working by yourself to uh, fulfilling your passions to working with several companies and even agencies. Um, so thank you for coming on today. Yeah, of course, I'm honored to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Um, if we can start off actually with just like, what's your educational background? Where did you start? Um, if someone wants to get into um, graphic design, what route should they take? Um, so growing up, I've always kind of been that artsy kid. Um, I decided I just wanted to pursue that when I went to high school. So I ended up going to Wexford Collegiate, which had a special visual arts program. And that's kind of where I developed a more understanding of graphic design and how I could make it a career. Um, a, teacher, a teacher actually told me about uh, OCAD University, which is where I ended up going. And I graduated with a Bachelor of Design. Um, was there a reason that you specifically chose OCAD U? Um, so they had one of the better design programs and mm-hmm. it was my top choice. Um, a lot of people from Oxford go there and it was just kind of, it also, I also apply, I wanted to apply for their illustration program, but mm-hmm. I think ultimately I chose graphic design because I knew kind of that was going to give me more career options in the end. Um, so, yeah. What do you feel a school like um, Wexford, which had an arts program, offered you in terms of uh, showing you different career opportunities that had to do with, um, you know, visual arts? Because that's something that's difficult, right? When someone wants to pursue a career in visual arts or something that has to do with arts, you always get told there's no future, there's no uh, money, you're not going to get a job. So uh, can you expand on that a little? Um, yeah, so I really liked Wexford because it allowed me to kind of dabble in all different types of art, whether it's like screen printing, painting, sketching, computer graphics. So there was actually one class that specifically like made me want to go into graphic design. And it was like, I think it was called information graphics or infographic uh, design. I don't remember exactly, but that class kind of made me use the computer more to actually design uh, graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like when I realized like this is what I enjoy doing. Um, so I like that it gave me this kind of wide palette of kind of art that I can experiment with. Oftentimes within, um, you know, our cultures, um, if uh, 
I've heard a lot from youth like, oh, I can't tell my parents that I'm going to pursue a career in art or that I'm going to draw for a living, <laughs> um, which is what our parents think that it is, right? Yeah. Um, so how did you tell your parents what, what you wanted to do and what advice do you have for someone who is going into a field like that where their parents might not really understand it? Yeah. I mean, with my parents, because it was, I don't think I even fully understood what graphic design really was um, because it's such a vague like term and it can encompass like so much. Um, but to them, it was just like drawing on the computer and <laughs> that was fine. But they saw that like, most importantly, they saw that I was like really passionate about it. And I was always like excelling in my art classes. Um, so they supported me, uh, alhamdulillah. Um, but they were kind of more hesitant with like what school I went to. Um, to be more specific, they were more firm on the fact that the school had to be a university. Um, so I guess that's just because like, you know, standards for graduates was getting higher and, you know, having a college diploma wasn't going to necessarily get you as many opportunities as having like a degree um, would. So I was like, okay, well, luckily for me, OCAD, which actually used to be a college, um, I think in like the early like 2000s is when they changed to a university. So alhamdulillah, like I got in and everyone was happy in the end. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, can you tell us exactly what um, different things uh, you can do with a graphic design career or ca a career in graphic design? Sorry. Yeah. So as a designer, you can specialize in different fields. Um, mm -hmm. So you can work on like logo identity and branding, or you can go into like websites or app design. Um, you can go into like more illustrative typographic work. Um, so it's really like or packaging editorial. Like there's mm -hmm. a lot of things that, you know, fall under graphic design and as long as you learn the foundations of design and the principles, it it's really easy to kind of pick a field and just focus on that and hone your skills in there. Um, so for me personally, I, you know, realized like I love branding the most, I like working on websites. And because I have like an artistic background, I like uh, infusing like illustrations whenever I can. And I don't get the opportunity that much, but it's still like nice that I can kind of make up project my own and yeah. not everyone else can do it um yeah um one question that comes to mind is how would someone know that they would be successful in this in this field so what skills um would you pick up on or um you know recommend that they pursue something like this hmm. well one really important skill is you have to kind of be a people person um mm -hmm. you're always like the whole point of graphic design is visual communication that's and, interesting because that's something you don't really think about yeah, right away, right? <laughs> it's, it's weird because like as an artist, you're like, you. a lot of them tend to be like introverted or like they're just, you know, very focused on their skill. But when you're mm -hmm. a designer, you're you're not the client. You're working with someone and you're going to try to bring their vision to life. Mm -hmm. So um, you have to know how to like speak to clients and understand what they're saying because clients don't know how to speak design terms. Like they yeah. don't know how to explain themselves and you have to like be able to pick up on that and ask the right questions to kind of get a better understanding of what they want to convey. Um, so that's like one of the key skills uh, to be successful, honestly. Um, but also in addition, like obviously the programs, schools don't really teach you how to use like Adobe programs. Like they just mm -hmm. kind of expect you. And I think there are courses for them. But for me growing up, I was always, always kind of playing with Photoshop and Illustrator um, just on my own terms. So I taught myself how to use a program. But because there's always like updates to it. You, you're constantly like having to kind of learn, learn. things and yeah. 
Um, what's one of like the funniest requests that you've gotten from a client? The funniest request? Well, it's like those memes, like they just kind of, they don't understand like, (laughs) like spatial, like awareness, like there, there's like the logo, which they want it to stand out, for example, like they want to make it bigger, or they want like something to pop more. It's Mm -hmm. like, but they're taking away from the actual purpose of whatever the graphic is. Um, So it's, it's always like kind of a facepalm moment it's not like it's just I, I don't know you just have to explain to them that like this is not the purpose of the website yeah. the website you want to like get someone on there to read like the headline and not be distracted by all these flashy things like it's mm. design is not about making things pretty and making things pop for no reason it's like every decision has like critical thinking behind it it's like why is this the best color why is this kind of the right place for it um mm-hmm. does this help like is there hierarchy on the page is there um is this are you guiding the the eyes of the reader like there's so many things that you have to kind of consider when you're designing and clients just don't understand that and they just focus on like little things out of context and um, don't really yeah, it doesn't make sense <laughs> and I'm just like okay <laughs> like, like you know like when to let go and when to just give in and um, um and yeah, when to I, like, actually just tell them, you know, no, this is better for you. Trust me. Yeah, I think like I always go in kind of like, you know, you're hiring me because I'm the expert. Like if you just want me to like, I'm not a pixel pusher is like what we call it when someone mm-hmm. like just does what someone else tells them to do. Okay. Um, it's like anyone can do that. Just anyone that knows a program, you can hire them and they can do it. But you're you're hiring me because I'm, I'm going to think about this strategically. And so just always kind of explain your reasoning and usually they understand most of my I, I haven't had issues where it's like they really really are dead set on it sometimes mm-hmm. there's like compromising that has to happen but it's not like a big deal yeah <laughs> like we can work with it <laughs> what did you do after you finished um at OCAD what was your first job oh so after OCAD I was really lucky because my dad was able to get me a job um basically <laughs> right after I graduated um uh, at the company that he actually worked at. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though it wasn't like technically like the best job for me, like it didn't really fit my skill set or what I was looking for, um, it was still a big learning experience. And it was also like my first full-time job and kind mm-hmm. of being a designer in the real world. So that's kind of what I did. I did that for two years um, before moving on to my next job. Um, despite it not being your ideal job or the job that you expected, um, do you recommend that people who are just graduating take that opportunity and take that job, even if it's not what they think is best for them? Mm-hmm. So my recommendation when it comes to accepting a job that isn't exactly what you're looking for, um, you sh- if you're um, it's if it's a design job, you should really consider it um, as long as long as it doesn't go against your like values and beliefs, mm-hmm. um, of course. So because you're just fresh out of school and that real world experience is so much more valuable early on. And when it comes down and like, you can just look at it as like a stepping stone basically, because Mm -hmm. ultimately like jobs are hard to get. And sometimes it just, it's just about like timing and luck. Mm -hmm. Um, So just keep working on your portfolio in the meantime, like while you're working that job and keep networking and, you know, inshallah you'll find a job that fits you better. Um, cause yeah, like I said, like this wasn't the, my first job wasn't a, the best fit for me in terms of like showcasing my skills and building my portfolio, but I learned so much from it and it didn't stop me from working on my own things. It actually mm-hmm. motivated me to, you know, pursue my, like pursue like freelance clients and 
my own side projects because I wasn't like getting that creative like satisfaction. Mm. Um, so yeah. Um, what do you think is the thing that uh, made you actually go and work for uh, an, ag an agency after leaving this job? Yeah, so um, I actually didn't want to work for an agency. Like, well, it wasn't on my, it wasn't my plan. I was working mm -hmm. at my, the previous job for two years and I was kind of building my freelance clientele and I was getting comfortable with that actually. And I was happy with kind of the products that I was working on. So I was like, you know what, maybe I'll just quit this job and work full-time freelance for a bit and see how that goes um, since it is working out for me so far. Um, but literally the same time that I put in my two weeks, I found there was an opportunity, uh, an opening at an agency that I actually liked um, and was following from before. So I, and I knew that was more valuable. Um, like agency experience is kind of the most valuable kind of experience you can get. Like, um, so yeah, I just, Kind of applied and I was like if this works out you know I'll just do it for a bit and then I can always come back to freelancing but missing it missing out on an opportunity to work at an agency is it's not always gonna like land in my lap like that like <laughs> I'm not gonna yeah. always have that opportunity um and especially because I was just still such a fresh designer I, I I did have like a voice as a designer but like I still wasn't sure like exactly what I liked doing um and obviously like working with other creatives is great like having a mentor people look to you look up to like there's just so much more to gain from that mm -hmm. uh, especially when you're um just so new to the industry so yeah i decided to put my freelancing uh, idea on hold and oh, pursue uh, agency life for a bit <laughs> um one question that comes to mind is if someone is looking to apply for something within an agency what work um do you recommend that they have within their portfolio what did you have under your belt um, so I had a lot of my work was actually freelance work. So because I had that time after I graduated, um, to, you know, work on the side and come up with some like freelance clients, um, that was like a lot of my portfolio. Um, and also I was like doing like side projects, like for example, on Instagram, I was like doing a illustration challenge where I was drawing every day for a year. And honestly, that's actually what got, what the creative director noticed and they liked that they liked that i was like taking initiative and like creating my own projects and doing stuff and they kind of saw like my skill set within that work mm -hmm. um because not all projects will showcase like your your skill set so i liked that uh you know they appreciated like the hard work that i was putting on my own time yeah um so yeah like i i think it's they don't love student work as much but it's like you don't have that much to work with when you're first starting out so it's good to like get a mix in uh with like some real freelance clients um and some like student work that actually that is something that you're proud of and showcases your skills but yeah less is better when, when it comes to like portfolio too like when you're showing too much okay. it's like you there's no don't strategy show, behind it yeah like just show your best work stuff stuff that you're proud of stuff that you like doing mm -hmm. um and hopefully that will like resonate more with uh the hiring um managers yeah. yeah um growing professionally and personally um do you feel that you sometimes outgrow the jobs that you're working yeah so <laughs> Unfortunately, like at my agency, I was 
starting to feel that, especially coming close to my third year mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so I joined when I was as a junior designer, and then I became an intermediate designer. Um, and I was on my way to become a senior designer, but I felt like because we were a small company, I still, I, there wasn't like that going to be that much change to my role. Um, there'd be change to my salary, but that's kind of it. Um, there'd still be like someone I'm working under. Um, and I think that's kind of like what started making me feel like I needed to push myself and kind of create my own thing. And maybe this is like the chance for me to just go back and really pursue that freelance, uh, full time. You know, I was like more confident in myself as a designer. I, you know, since I was working with like real clients at an agency, I, I just, I knew like I had good intuition when it came to working with clients and pr- on projects. And um, yeah, I just felt like I could take this further. And also I was designing and branding and like helping other companies become successful. And I just felt like I could be doing this for myself. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I, I just had this like, this because I had put it on the back burner like before, mm-hmm. um, it was just always, you know, poking at me like, while I was working there and I just decided like, you know, maybe this is time now since I don't have like too many crazy like financial uh, obligations and, you know, there's more opportunity to take risk. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, decided to pursue it. (laughs) How did you um, make the decision to actually leave a job after three years? I feel like that's something that can be difficult, right? Especially at a smaller agency where you feel like they rely on you for that work, right? Yeah. So I was like one of, well, there was like two, well, there was an art director and then there was me um, as like the main designer. And then there was like, I think we had an intern at the time, but usually it's just me and the art director. And that like put so much pressure on me as a designer, because it's like, if I leave this company, they might not be able to, you know, they might go under like, (laughs) like, but there was just so much guilt there. And I like couldn't bring myself to like, I've been thinking about leaving for almost like half a year and I, and it was just on my mind and I, and I don't know, I just, eventually I, you know, I just started telling myself, like, if this company can't run without me, that's not on me, that's on them, the company, the management, like they need to figure that out. Um, so I shouldn't, you know, bear that burden on me. And, and I think in the end, like companies will be happy for you, especially if you're like pursuing something like freelancing, um, mm-hmm. you, you know, your own passion and your own projects like a lot of them are really supportive of that. Um, So I think just focus on yourself because you have to also think like this company can let you go without even thinking twice about you. And you're giving them so much extra thought. Like I've seen that happen to people that I know um, where they just like felt, you know, bad about wanting to leave, but it's like, they just let go like 30 people. Like you Mm. don't matter as much as you think you do. (laughs) Um, I, I guess like for a smaller agency, it's a little bit different, but in the long run, like they will let you go. Like yeah. if they have to, um, you can be replaced. <laughs> so just have that in the back of your mind. And now your dream came true, which was freelancing, right? The thing that you'd been putting on for <laughs> uh, on the back burner for the longest time. So how did you start that? Um, what prompted you to, I mean, you told us a little bit about it. But um, I really want to hear about the company you actually started and um, the things that you did uh, as a freelancer as well. Yeah. So before I quit or before um, 
you know, the agency life ended. <laughs> um, I was already pursuing my own passion projects as I always am. Um, but this one I kind of wanted to take a bit more seriously because it was like, I'm never going to be able to show these, uh, this kind of style or this skill set with clients. Mm -hmm. Like it's very hard to find someone who would fit that. Um, so why don't I just create my own brand? Why don't I like, I'm very passionate. Like my dream has always been to have my own like business, um, create my own products. And so I just decided like, let me test run this and, you know, not let my fear or financial like state, like hold me back. Um, mm -hmm. so I just decided to go kind of all in on that. So I created, um, while I was working, I created this stationary brand called OMG Koneko and it's, uh, inspired by like Japanese pop culture, um, and like cute stuff and like stationary. Um, I just loved, like, I think what inspired me was like, there was so much stationary that's cute out there, but I wanted something that was like a little bit more sophisticated and like fit more into my lifestyle. Um, but I also infused like some of my like weird personality into it. Cause I feel like that also doesn't, I don't get to like show that through my work. Um, so I just wanted to create a brand that basically encompassed like my personality and kind of, I guess like I'm the client I was designing for myself and I just like <laughs> kind of went all in, but I think it like resonated with a lot of people because I'm not like, I know there's, I'm not the only one that thinks this way or that wants like products like this. So yeah, that's kind of what's been keeping me going actually. And alhamdulillah, like it's doing pretty well. It's not my main source of income, but it's still mm -hmm. like a fun, you know, creative outlet for me that I, I have going for me. <laughs> it's super, super cute. Um, Thanks. You know. <laughs> yeah. uh, now you've uh, created sweaters and um, yeah, really cool. dabbling into apparel. It's yeah. kind of scary, but it's fun. <laughs> um, and just letting people know that you actually have done like everything from beginning to end. There's no one that helps you. Like you've done yeah, the <laughs> work from creating the actual brand to creating the website to creating uh, the, the products, products to photography, <laughs> photography to putting things um, on the website to putting uh, even just Shipping the back end like, of the business. Yeah, yeah. all of so, that. It's a one-man team. <laughs> so it's a lot of work, but um, just letting people know it's possible. You know, it's possible to follow <laughs> your dreams and really um, go with uh, what your heart is telling you to um, as long as you learn those skills and you have the skill set for it then you can do anything you put your mind to. Mm -hmm. um, so can you tell us a little bit more about um, just like designing from the heart and where that comes from and where does the creativity come from for you? Um, so when it comes to designing for myself, I like to just take things in my everyday and um, I like to like approach it in a very lighthearted way. So some, I mean, sometimes like with my brand Koneko, I like to take like weird like situations or just normal situations and make them like a little bit cuter or weirder or, mm -hmm. you know, just very, sometimes just like you look at it and you're like, what did I just see? Or like <laughs> kind of just, <laughs> but in like a funny way, like not in like a disturbing way. Like, <laughs> yeah. so that's why my logo is like a, a cat in a pool float, like cats hate water. And <laughs> <it's> just, <laughs> I just love that like kind of juxtaposition of like mm -hmm. things. Um, but yeah, in terms of like my designs, like as a professional like graphic designer, honestly, that just depends on like the client that I'm working with. Um, I love to take like data, like whatever, if it's like a some kind of research or data on like the consumer or, or the market. Um, and I like to 
use that as like my inspiration and like how do I visualize that in a way um, that makes sense but like also kind of brings across like a personality um, because you know the whole point of it is to like make it kind of more digestible for the the market and also for someone to understand mm -hmm. sometimes there's like clients that I've worked with where it's just very scientific and I like mm -hmm. it's like how do I make how do I like dumb this down but also make it presentable in a in a clear way um so yeah it's not really about like yeah yeah, yeah. um, um another thing that comes to mind is this industry is very hard um for freelancers you know oftentimes you get your work taken for granted right or people ask you, oh, can you create this logo for me? Um, how much do you charge? Oh, that's so much. Can you make a discount? Can you do this? Can you do this? Um, so how do you really price um, or put, put that uh, price range on your work? And how do you come forward with it to people so they understand that this is my professional work? And if, you know, I don't know. You, you tell me. <laughs> How do you set that uh, ground rule, I guess? Yeah. Um, so once I, before I freelanced full time, it was, I did not price properly. Um, I was definitely undercharging, but that's because I was like making an, a salary at like a real job. And then this was just like kind of secondary income. Mm -hmm. um, so it didn't matter as much. But I think like what I started realizing as I got busier um, is that if, I'm selling my time like yeah I learned how to do like there was this like saying or this quote whatever it's like you know it took me 10 years to learn how to do this in 10 minutes but it could take someone like you know you know it, it just takes them like much uh longer but they like didn't like that's why it's quick work because I put mm -hmm. so much like effort and so much time uh and I because you have the background the in this yeah right? exactly it's like so that's why it's quick work. Um, but in terms of like explaining it to clients, sometimes they understand. Um, if they don't, um, I usually just have to like break down like my process and then that helps them a little bit. Cause in the end it's like, I'm not just like taking, you know, three hours and I'm working on this thing for you. It's like, no, I am, I'm researching. I'm like putting in thought and like thinking conceptually is not just like a it's hard to like put a value on it because yeah. it comes from experience and it comes from like, you know, just making connections and all that. Like it, it's hard to value it. Um, so I think what I've learned is that like if people actually respect your work, um, they will pay what you ask. Mm -hmm. um, usually clients that have that I've like made like exceptions for they end up taking way more time and they become like more stressful for me. And like, it's just not as a good experience. <laughs> yeah. They're sort yeah. of the, the, the people that take advantage of you yeah. and your work and your skills. Um, how can we as a community, because um, I feel like this is a trend within our community a lot. Um, how can we as a community support each other in our small, small businesses and support, um, you know, the, these younger graphic designers who or photographers or videographers or, you know, everyone within this industry of uh, artistic creation um, to really push them further, further instead of telling them, you know, oh, this is too much. Um, I'll give you a hundred to do a three hour, four hour photo shoot. No. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it is unfortunately a very common thing in our community. Mm -hmm. um, it, it depends. Like if I'm doing something like 
I don't know how we can change their mind really. I think like the older generation just doesn't kind of see the value in the work if like we're working with someone who's, you know, older. Um, but when I work with like other younger small businesses from the Muslim community, like they understand the value um, more. So I think, I think that's why, like it's also just education wise, like, you know, if you're, if you're, if you have a small business, you know, within like in Canada, like you've created it and you kind of knew the, the hard work that goes into it. And it's like, well, this is, you can, they can respect that. Like, oh, I've put in all this effort into making my own business too. So it's like, just because mine isn't like a bunch of products, it's like a service, it's harder to like uh, value, but, yeah. or quantitate, whatever. Um, it's, doesn't mean it's less valuable than what you're doing. Cause I always see that like people will like charge a crazy amount for their products, but then they won't pay like, services you know like the actual services for like design or photography yeah. or whatever it is it's like no but that's just as valuable this is going to help you like you have to tell them about the impact that this will make like this is mm -hmm. going to help you make so many more sales because it's and and i'm going to be enjoying my work because i know that you value me <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> it's not like i'm just doing like something quick for you and i don't care i'm not going to research your target audience i'm just going to do what i like and that's yeah. it like yeah it's just education i think um also just making them understand like the process and what mm -hmm. goes into the work that we do. <laughs> um, it's, it's been like lovely listening to all of your experiences there. We only have about like 40 seconds left of our show, <laughs> but I really wanted to know what your final piece of advice is for our listeners, either for our youth um, or for, um, you know, someone who's getting into graphic design within your industry. Yeah. Um, so my advice would be, um, especially for people who are looking to enter the creative field, because I think we definitely need more than that. Mm -hmm. Like I'm always getting asked if if I know other designers because I get so busy and I can't take on like certain clients. And it just it sucks that I don't have like this this like network that I can reach out to within the community. Um, but I think more people should pursue side projects. Um, and not only does it help you find what you're looking for or what you're like, what you like to work on, um, but it allows you to showcase your skill set, and you know it will create more opportunities for you to get noticed. So, you know, there's no harm in it, and it just helps you grow. Um, honestly, yeah. like that's the biggest one of the biggest things that helped me um, be successful is side projects. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for all of your advice and for your invaluable um, experiences, for sharing it with us and giving us, um, you know, the ins and outs of graphic design, of the industry, of different jobs that you can go into, the value of uh, working for an agency and doing mm -hmm. your own freelance work. Um, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much. <laughs> You were just listening to the Umentor Talk Show. If you missed this or future shows, you can always hear the replay on the Umentor website under prior talk shows. And you can also listen to our show on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Make sure to tune in next. Actually, next week is the Emoji Games. So make sure to tune in the week after. But we will also have a live stream running of the Emoji Games. So make sure to tune into those. Emoji Outreach Foundation, uniting and empowering the Shia community.